That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and discussing Batman v Superman one single minute at a time. We have crossed the two hour mark into minute 123. We are dead in the middle of the introduction to Cyborg. I guess at this point, we only know that the introduction of the remains of Victor Stone, Dr. Silas Stone, his father has suspended all normal protocols. Yeah, because clearly everything that's happened up to this point has been totally within protocol. This is by the numbers so far, and he decides, all right, I need a different name to call it when I turn on some strange alien pulsating cube. That's where we are at. So, minute 123, the creation of a future Justice League character, and one might say, the most important one. Silas classifies this as Object 61982, referring to June 1982, the release of Tales of the New Teen Titans number one, the famous story by Marv Wolfman and George Perez finally revealing the origin story of Victor Stone in what was part of their rebirth, reinvigoration of the Teen Titans in this era with the uh, probably most well-known version of Cyborg. Uh, So a nice nod there that I think anybody who heard the number 1982 or even 82 would have said, I bet that is referencing Tales of the New Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that box is active, flexing, pulsating with strange light. And it, uh, we can assume first guided by Silas, but somehow programmed to seek out near dead bodies. I mean, her Diana coming across this clip it's already pretty wild, <laughs> but the he like he he freaks out. He she doesn't know any of what's going on here. Silas like throws his uh um uh, his mask or whatever, and then he's like, "I'm suspending protocols," and it cuts out, and then it comes back, and he's like wearing different clothes, and he's like, "All right, U.S. government object," and there's just this like pulsating cube. It's like, oh wow, when you said <laughs> when you said suspending protocols, you were what is going on now? Oh, well, the, it, it goes from being a cube to then being just a strange, squirming, slithering, uh, alien-looking piece of technology that is blasting out with electricity onto Vic, onto the surrounding electronics, just like a, a you know modern version of Frankenstein's monsters. Silas might have been screaming, it's alive. It's yeah. alive. But instead, we get blood-curdling and still really uh, unforgettable screams of Ray Fisher, I guess, making his audio debut as the character in the moment that Cyborg actually is created, we know, after the fact. Yeah, well, because up to that point, he hadn't obviously moved or made any noise at all. So the fact that the, forget the the body, the fact that the the cube gets a a, a physical and auditory reaction from him is a kind of chilling in and of itself but then the reconstruction of the body you know it, it is very you know frankenstein as you said i think this is a, an unfinished design obviously it's a it's a placeholder 
Um, or you could say, you know, that this is at the center of the character later on, or however you want to describe it. Suddenly he has one whole leg, two whole arms, a partial leg. So it makes it very clear that this cube is creating a new being with him in the center of it. But that could come across as like restorative or in any way positive. But the fact that remaking and giving Vic life is not only him screaming in pain, but him, you can see his entire chest like heaving yeah. As he is panting, like he is being electrocuted, it, it looks horrifying. It looks like torture. And that's, I think that's obviously the point. Mm-hmm. The fact that Silas is doing this to him and Silas soon turns off the camera, it leaves the door open. I think we said this before, characterized Vic as more horror and more um, dark in terms of what, what, what remained of him. But now this follows it up by saying- his transformation into cyborg is not going to be any different. It's going to take that ball and run with it to use a pun for Vic that his creation into cyborg is going to be just another layer of horror that is put onto his body that very clearly uh, is setting the stage for, for what will be stated out loud. He did not choose this. He was, he had this done to him and probably in some people's opinions, he should have been left to die. Because this is unnatural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's a really interesting. This movie has dealt a lot, obviously, with the dynamics of of power and absolute power and corruption and and being born with power versus not being born with power. Um, and so this is a really, it's really kind of fits in well with those dynamics. Although, obviously, the real, um, you know, kind of meat of this discussion is is going to be left for for Justice League and you know Justice League by the minute when we talk about that, but. Um, it, you know, as, as the brief glimpse that we get into the story here, it does still fit very much with the examination that BVS does of the nature of superheroes and power. Speaking of the nature of superheroes and power, uh, Silas turns off the camera. Diana decides she has definitely now seen enough. And we get a reminder of how incredibly epic the work of Zack Snyder and Larry Fong has been in presenting Batman in the armor, in the rain, uh, you know, illuminated by the bat signal. It's it's cool if you picture the, the, the way he has transitioned to the way that the camera is transitioning. We went from looking down on him from the roof. He is now down on the ground and we are looking up at him. The rain illuminated, uh, which I now cannot look away from. He's looking up into the storm. As if he's expecting something, which we'll come back to. Do you have anything to add other than this shot is just continues to be epic? No, I mean it's 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 just great. Well, and the 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 it's funny because is it is it Batman? Yeah, it's Batman v Superman had that 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 bot tweet thing that was uh, um, any any yeah any fans of of uh, of this that spend any time on Twitter know that they right before the movie came out or a few months before it came out there was. Just a, a ton of accounts tweeted the exact same, like BVS will just be a two hour tracking shots of superheroes crying in the rain or something. I, and it's funny because like, it's not entirely true, but also it kind of is true and it's kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> like that doesn't sound bad to me at all, but there's something cool about the rain that obviously there's, there's a, there's a style and there's a tone that sort of goes along with it. You know, that's why that tweet referenced it because there's something about crying in the rain that evokes a very specific kind of level of like emotional melodrama. Um, and so, so you very much get that here. And I think as you commented, the lighting of it is kind of what makes it so crazy. Like rain 
is one thing and like a and like a noir, you know, epic kind of film presentation. But the way they have the the spotlight and the lightning on this literally is allows them to do things with light and illuminate the scene in ways that just you don't get outside of a, a hand drawn comic book. It right, like you can't this is not something that you just kind of snap a casual picture of, but the light the the rain allows you to give all this extra texture and motion um to the shot that gives it this um this painterly i guess quality when you're going to talk about like the painterly cinematography here so yeah like the coolest looking comic panel you've ever seen but put into motion yeah or one of them yeah it's cool the the idea of like horrific creation of cyborg this kind of uncertainty of aquaman this total reality breaking you know flash to bruce just standing waiting yeah he's seen all and, of and this he's been right? there yeah exactly that has all contributed to him putting on the the bat signal despite being told not to and just standing there now having made his choice mm-hmm. i don't think watching this people realize like we are backfilling what has led bruce here like as we are learning this we are learning what he has learned previously and mm-hmm. therefore has justified why he needs to take a stand yeah, against this insanity. And then we go from him taking a stand to other hysterics going on with Lois. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that where she went previously, she left Superman. She got the cab to the Daily Planet. She got there and is rushing to have a chopper take her to Gotham City. And we get, I won't say my favorite Perry moment, but definitely one of the most touching, I think. Yeah. And I think it is the most quietly powerful. We need a chopper to Gotham. Come on, the heliport. Chopper. We can barely afford a bicycle. You want to chase a story? Go to the ship. Superman's probably there already. Perry, it's not for a story. Jenny, get her a chopper to Gotham. Forget the heliport. Put it on the goddamn roof. On the roof, Lois! I feel like any big Perry scene, we ultimately end up having a discussion of, he knows, right? Like and yes, and I'm pretty sure last time we had this discussion, we came down pretty firmly in the camp of yeah, Perry knows, and uh, and I think this is just a reinforcement of that. So when Lois says I need a chopper to Gotham, and he says if you're looking for Superman, he's going to be out at the ship, literally outside the windows, and she says it's not for a story. What do you think he is taking that as? It's a personal request to do with Clark. Well. The way that she, because I think the the big thing here is he's like, he, he kind of, he doesn't seem to register at first. And she's like, no, Perry, it's not for a story. And he gives her this look, which is, it's the, I know, or I get it look. And it's not a moment of realization for him. It's not him connecting the dots for the first time. It's him saying, oh, it's to do with this. Yeah. It's, it's to do with this. And he's almost I think while we do say he knows, I think he's also willfully ignorant about it. So yeah. so it's like he's aware and he's like, but it's best if I just pretend I don't know and like convince myself that I don't I behave as if this is information I don't have or dots I haven't connected. And so there's a moment here where he's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I pretend I don't know about this, but I know what's going on. And if Lois is gonna ask me for this, then like it's my job as her boss to say, Well, we we can't even afford a bicycle. What do you mean a chopper? And then she's like, No, Perry. We're not playing that game right now. We're playing the Lois needs a helicopter from Perry 
to go help Clark, and he goes into yeah, he goes, and then that's more. He's like, oh, we're sh- we're sh- we're we're context shifting. Okay, yes, let's do it. Put it on, on the, the goddamn roof. roof. <laughs> yeah, you get an actor like Lawrence Fishburne so that when he shouts on the roof, Lois, he communicates uh, uh, countless emotions. We've talked about it before with Perry, and also like the newsroom threads of of humanity and like warmth uh, that are sewn through this whole thing. Yeah, well, because it's a payoff of. Like the scene works on its own, but also you go back to when she asked for uh, to fly to DC, <laughs> and he said like no extra legroom, coach. Yeah, and and so it's very much a payoff of that where it's like oh he had like he'll say we can't afford a bicycle, he'll say no legroom, they can get a helicopter and they can yeah. get it on the roof to get her where she needs to go. It's not a question of do we have the resources. It's just a question of like it's not always it's not always worth it. Yeah, and and so to see him drop. All of that, and it's not for a you know he turned her down for all the I'm not gonna uh, not gonna do this so you can pass notes to Superman in class or whatever like he's <laughs> yep. he's turned it down for all these story purposes all of these big he didn't let her publish the story about Superman he's always saying no 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 to her as a journalist and then for the first time when she has one of these requests she says no it's not for a story this time and that's the time where he says put it on the roof it's such a cool a cool moment for him to be like oh the I guess maybe the penny pinching, like stingy boss is maybe not who this guy really is. It's just a role yeah. he's playing in the same way that Superman is just Clark wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah. He, he calls for the chopper to be put on the roof. David Paris is the one who does it. Uh, David Paris, who I gather is a real helicopter pilot who is, has 80 plus film credits to his name as a pilot. Okay. Or uh, aerial coordinator, transportation department. So I, I assume this is a real helicopter pilot. I hope that he got to fly on this uh, as well. He says, and he gets to say, where are we headed? Giving Amy Adams the kind of movie moment, like disaster movie moment that you kill for, where she turns and points at the bat signal and says, there. Yeah. And you get a great rack focus there. Also, because like you can, almost can't even see it. It's it's blurry enough that you can kind of see the light in the sky, but you don't necessarily register what it is. But when it when you get the rack focus, it's boom. You it's it is clearly the bat signal, and with with a with an additional crack of lightning and thunder thrown in just to punctuate. Oh, of course. It's crazy to think I hadn't thought about the like visual echo of the electricity from the mother box, then going to like Perry with the ship electricity outside, and then the lightning from the storm, uh-huh. and then again we get this fantastic the switch from the tracking shot of batman carrying so much weight just in the form to then the handheld camera following lois and then the handheld camera following lois onto the roof to then zeroing in on the bat signal and then again just a stone cold shot tracking in on batman's face and again the bat signal is perfectly lined up with one of the illuminated eyes of the bat suit (laughs) so when you are looking at it you get just smashing of what that means to who is standing there waiting and again waiting because the minute ends with batman continuing to stare up into the sky we have to wait until the next minute to find out what he is in fact at this second staring at. yeah and i this has happened a few times so it's not especially at this moment though it's it's that same shot once again from the tell me can you bleed or do you bleed and uh and the music is even um, it's a, a, it's a similar moment as well. So, but it's, you know, very fitting considering, uh, he is, uh, about to find out the answer to that question, or at least he expects that he's about to find it out. We, uh, 
we I guess we'll find out what happens in a, in a couple seconds here. Once in the, in the next minute, but it seems like something something momentous is just about to happen. Yeah, fortunately, we've now seen both sides of Ben Affleck's face as he's standing here. I think the I believe illuminating the bat signal was the opposite tilt. Mm-hmm. Really, just getting all the angles here. This is the this is the kind of content people crave. Yeah, I mean, probably they they got him set up in the suit on a on a stage or however they were doing the 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 rain shots, and then just did a did a uh, did a pan panning shot, a down angle, an up angle, did the rotation, and just like shot him in like. I, I can just see them having a field day with like how many yeah. how many badass angles of Batman can we get here? And then they're like, okay, these are all of our these are all of our insert shots. Whenever we have a transition and we need <laughs> Batman, we've got we've got every epic Batman shot you could need from from the bat signal in the rain. Yeah, how much of this herringbone pattern of his cape? His like cape on a cape. <laughs> I I am a a big fan of the uh, the intensity of the pattern on the cape. Yes, um, absolutely. Like I want to run my fingers over that. It, it, it's so like badass. <laughs> yeah, I want that for curtains. Yeah, <laughs> but that is where we end. Minute one twenty three. Something very epic, historic, iconic is going to happen in the next minute. But we will have to wait. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope that you all join us for that minute. It's a pretty, pretty anticipated one, I guess. Some would say. Yes. Title of the movie. Yes. Title of the movie might suggest. Batman has met Superman, but I think the V is really for this minute and the many that precede it. So we'll be excited to jump in and we hope other people will as well. For now, like I said, thank you. Please continue to uh, download the podcast, share it with someone who may have said, you know, let me know when they get to the actual showdown that now is the time to tune in. Yeah. Five star reviews are always welcome. A follow on Twitter is appreciated at BVS by the minute for support. And if you want to throw some money to pay for these servers hosting this podcast for perpetuity, you can do that at patreon.com slash Snyder Minute. With Minute 124 on the horizon, I guess I can say that for everyone who thought that this mission of podcasting would be a fool's errand and one we wouldn't commit to for the entire way, with Batman about to glide with Superman, I guess we can say, well, here we are. Economy Plus. Coach!